What's going on, everyone? This is Drew Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in his bedroom is my awesome co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody? Hey, everybody. What is going on? Hope you guys are having a great night. Man, do we have a good episode for you guys. You guys are going to want to stay tuned, stay there, keep listening. And, uh, oh, man, please enjoy. I would venture best episode yet. For sure. Oh my goodness, Cody. We have probably our best episode today, man. I mean, it is it is fantastic. Um, if you are listening for the first time or you're listening uh, for whatever episode this is, I don't even know. I should probably be better at counting these. Uh, but um, man, it I this is going to be the best episode. I, I mean, it's there's no question. I really don't think there is any better episode because uh, our special guest today is the voice of the Bulldogs, uh, Paul Leffler, and he just has so much uh, knowledge, so much wisdom uh, about all Fresno State things, um, and he does some great things for the community as well as as he'll uh, talk about that in in our interview. But um, Man, if if you are looking for a good Drew Code episode, this is going to be the best. You found the best one, I'm telling you. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm hyping it up too much, Cody. I, I don't know. What do you think? No, honestly, I think for us, because of us you know, living in the Valley in Fresno State, I think we just have been super amped up and pumped about you know the season that's upcoming and then getting to talk to Paul and getting so much insight that we didn't even – you know, think about, he gave us yeah. so much insight with all the players that are coming, a lot of history of player families that are basically surrounding the Valley and, um, you know, referencing some pretty funny, uh, you know, Fresno state stories and, and all that stuff. So I think this is probably the best one because our guest was so good and so great. And he gave us so much information and, um, we're very thankful that he took the time out to do it. Cause again, as being the voice of the Bulldogs, uh, he is extremely busy as he was telling us. And, um, you know, as they're preparing for their first game, um, you know, as we were really fortunate for him to be able to lend us his time and all again, the insight and history that he has, and even a little bit of some, uh, national spelling bee wisdom, which he did tell us about, which was really cool to discover. Yeah, that was. All right. Well, before we get into uh, the interview with Paul, uh, I do want to mention, guys, go check out our uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Go like us, uh, follow us, whatever it may be. Uh, If you feel like you need to comment or want to comment or ask us any questions, please do it. We want to hear from you guys. We want to answer back from uh, whatever you guys uh, have questions for. So uh, we appreciate all the love and support that we have gotten so far. Keep it coming. Uh, we want to uh, we want to interact with everyone, so uh, thank you for that. Um, also, go check out our YouTube channel. Uh, we'll probably have a clip from today's episode on YouTube as well. So if you kind of want to see if you only have heard Paul's voice, um, or you just want to put uh, a face to the voice that you hear on the podcast, definitely uh, go check it out. Um, Paul is is an, uh, he's he he just brought it today, man. I I can't get over it. Anyway, um, but uh, also, guys, um, go subscribe, rate, and review on uh, all the major podcast forums, uh, major major podcast forums being uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and iHeart. Go check us out on there. 
Um, also go check out fnxfitness.com. Uh, they have great workout gear, great workout supplements. Uh, gyms, at least here, have uh, slowly started opening back up. I have been using my uh, protein uh, from FNX, and uh, yeah, I missed it. I really missed, <laughs> I missed my routine, so it's really nice to have it back. So, uh, But go check it out. They have some great stuff there, and uh, Cody actually will tell you how you can get 15% off your whole purchase. That's right, you guys. On our website, you're going to go to com. On the bottom of the homepage, we have a partner's link that you click on. It pulls you up to FNX Fitness information that you're looking for. You click on the link that's there and it takes you to the page and you use Drew code 15 to get 15% off your purchase. So if you guys are looking for any supplements, uh, you know, any workout gear, any even apparel such as hats or sunglasses, feel free to go there and shop. I know that I just got a notification for free shipping going on pretty soon. So definitely get all that. And don't forget to use Drew code 15 to save again, an additional 15% off your purchase. Also, while you are on the website, you guys can actually check out all of our full episodes of Drew Code Sports Talk uh, podcast on there. Also, our limited episodes that we had of Drew of uh, Two Bays in a Pod that are also on the website. Um, and if you want to leave us any questions or topic suggestions, you can leave that on the website as well. Highly encouraged to do so. So that way we can interact with you guys, uh, You know, kick around a couple of questions, talk about some topics that you guys want to bring up. Um, and then while you guys are there, you guys can also check out Andrew's a blog that he recently did about the San Francisco Giants. Um, he'll tell you a little bit more about that. It's not currently running right now because of the season, but you know he'll let you know what to expect when the season does kick up. So, Well, if the Giants would have made it to the postseason, I would still be writing about them. But, uh, of course, uh, the Dodgers had to uh, go and make it to the World Series and win game one, so not happy about that. But anyway... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I recently stopped, obviously, because the Giants were done. There's really not going to be any newsworthy uh, Giants information. But uh, typically, it's just uh, facts, opinions, uh, you know, kind of uh, feelings. Maybe, maybe speaking for the every man, every Giants fan uh, type of a thing. Uh, it's just a real easy read. It's like three paragraphs. So if you want to go check out what I've written so far, it's not hard to read at all. You could probably read all of the posts that I have on there within like 10 minutes. I mean, it's, it's not a hard read at all. So go check it out. I'll probably kick back. As I said last week, I'll probably start it if they do the winter meetings um, and uh, kind of I'll talk a little bit about who maybe the Giants should go for um, maybe uh, some moves that the Giants need to make in-house, whatever it may be. Uh, I will, I'll kind of write about that and then, uh, probably won't say anything after winter meeting until, uh, spring training. If God willing, we have uh spring training. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, go check it out. It's a real easy read. It's, it's, it's really just an outlet for me to, to write, but, uh, you know, I think I, I put some good information in there as well. And, and it's obviously more of my opinion, but there are, uh, facts that I threw out there of why my opinion is my opinion. So. Got it. All right. Well, without any further ado, Drew, I think we should uh, direct the audience to Paul Leffler. All right. What's going on, everyone? Uh, we are super excited to be here. Uh, we have been so giddy about our guest that is here. We have been talking about it for a month. Uh, we have been thinking of questions all month long. <laughs> so, uh, Cody, I know you and I are very excited. We have our special guest, the voice of the Fresno State Bulldogs, Paul Leffler. Paul, how you doing, man? 
what? I couldn't hear you. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you said the voice. I had to, I shouldn't yeah. <laughs> joke like that because that may happen to me for real when the Bulldogs finally play again. But no, great to hang out with you guys. And if you've been thinking of questions for a month, I might be in trouble. You might hit me with some tough ones tonight. Well, I had to edit a lot of them out because <laughs> yeah, it was like 50 questions. So, you know, Cody was like, you probably should, you know, lower your, your quest, your questions a little bit. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's probably true. So, <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, we, we appreciate you being here, Paul. So thank you so much for doing this. Um, before we kind of get started, um, have you touched the basketball since uh, all of this COVID has hit? You know, I have. I had a chance a couple weeks ago, finally, to get on the court out at uh, Fresno Christian's beautiful new uh, floor that they put in, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. I was uh, I didn't snap any tendons or get hurt, and uh, gotta say, my team, my ragtag crew, actually won a game on the winners' court against a former Fresno State Bulldog, who I'm not going to name and embarrass on oh. your on your podcast here, uh, but he was a high riser who uh, could really throw down some dunks and. I think he only threw down one on us and we beat him. So that felt good. Can, can I ask one quick, what is it? Someone that I have also played with? Uh, yes. Okay. Yes, you have. Then I think He's I know probably who dunked it is. on you too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think I know who it is. I'm not going to say it. Um, <laughs> no, I haven't touched basketball. I, there's like nowhere I have been able to go. Um, and I told, I told my wife, I was like, I don't know if I want to go when they open. And she was like, why? And I was like, because I'm going to embarrass myself. (laughs) I'm not going to look. I mean, it's not like I was a superstar there to begin with, but I mean, I don't want to go there just airballing every, every shot I have. So I don't know. That wouldn't happen. When you got a (laughs) shot like yours, it doesn't leave you. Just sometimes you probably experienced this. You come back from injury or something, your first time out, you're like, man, I can't miss. And then you get a little too confident and the next time you throw enough bricks. But I, <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever seen you shoot an air ball, though. I'm, I'm sure I have. Um, I, I've, as I've gotten older uh, and, you know, my weight kind of st- keeps me down a little bit more, I don't, I don't uh, <laughs> overshoot it as much. So, you know. See, that happened to me before I got older. So I, it's, that's an old <laughs> feeling now. <laughs> well um if you guys don't know me and paul we we usually play basketball about twice a week and uh obviously with covid hitting we weren't able to to play so that's why i'm asking him um all right well uh as as i mentioned paul before you're the voice of uh fresno state on the radio any football game uh men's basketball uh baseball that is you. You are always on there. You do a great job. Every time I see a Fresno State game, I always try and turn the radio on to hear you, and then I mute the TV. <laughs> so that's kind of me. And I know that's like so that, – that's my dad. That's what my dad used to do. So it's, it's always like embedded in me. Uh, but a lot of people uh, may not know about you. Uh, you went to Syracuse uh, for college, and then um, also – you host uh, the National Spelling Bee competition every year on ESPN. Um, I don't know if you maybe want to talk a little bit about um, how you got into doing that. Well, that's, uh, that's an interesting story, and it's one of a lot of stories in my life that kind of underscore a theme that I see if I look back, uh, which is God's plans are always better than mine because I, I come up with plans of how I think things are going to go. 
But ultimately, I see over time that God had a better plan in store and his timing is perfect. And um, the spelling bee thing was something that happened many years ago. You were probably still in grade school or something. I mean, that, that thing's been going on so long. <laughs> but I, I think basically what it was when they decided that they were going to put that event in prime time at the time on ABC, uh, they needed someone who had been in the competition who was an announcer. And I must have been the only former Spelling Bee kid that was on TV anywhere. And that's how they found me. But I didn't believe it when it happened. Um, it was kind of a funny deal the way that worked. I was doing local TV in Fresno. And, you know, the way you move up in the sports casting business, you go to a little bigger city, then you might end up at some place like ESPN. And I had passed up some opportunities to move up and prayed and, and said, God, if you want to put me on that kind of stage, I know you can do it in your timing. And I get this call out of the blue from this guy at ABC Sports. And he says, hey, my name's Bob. And I produce the Indy 500 and Monday Night Football and Wide World of Sports and basically anything I'd ever watched on TV. <laughs> and he says, uh, hey, this year we're going to do the National Spelling Bee in prime time on ABC. And we have Robin Roberts as our host. But we need someone to host with her who knows about the competition. And I paused a lot longer than that because in my mind, I'm trying to say, which one of my Syracuse roommates or buddies is trying to really pull one over on me right now? Because they know I was in that once. Um, but it's been such a blessing. I've worked with just about everyone you can think of in broadcasting over that. I think that's what they do with that event. They punish the people who they're in contract negotiations or something with. They say, hey, you got to go do that event with Paul in D.C. But they all love it because the kids are so incredible. The competition is so intense. And that was one of the real disappointing things about 2020 was COVID canceled that event. And, um, yeah. and there are a lot of kids who this was the last year of eligibility for it. They're really, really oh, devastated. Yeah. So hopefully in 2021, we can get back there and, and doing it so long. It's you know, been about 15 years now. I've seen all those kids grow up and I see all the incredible things they're doing now. And that competition really can prepare you for just about any avenue of life. Yo, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's awesome. That's, uh, I didn't. I didn't know about the, um, and I, was, I didn't even think about the kids who are going to be too old to be in the competition next year. Wow, that's that's uh, that's disappointing. Yeah, I I hadn't start. I'll be honest, Paul. I hadn't start watching it until I found out that you were on it, and I was all really. And I thought it was a joke because I didn't even hear it from you. I heard it from one of the guys that we were playing basketball with, and I was like okay you know whatever and so i remember it was on tv one time so i was like okay I'll, I'll flip it on and i flipped it on and i was like oh my god it's paul <laughs> that's why he didn't play basketball last week <laughs> uh yeah uh, but it actually it, it gets really intense and i'm like man i don't even know how to spell i don't know how to spell these words i'm not gonna even try so yeah uh but it gets it gets uh it gets intense it's it's a really good uh it's a really good watch and i that's that's uh very unfortunate that some of these kids don't get to do it this year well and hopefully it'll be back in 2021 and, and if people haven't seen it before i mean don't watch it because of me watch it because of the kids i mean they, yeah. they really are incredible they invest just as much time and energy and preparation as any athlete and they really yeah. are competitors they have to perform under pressure they have to have endurance and when you see them uh, being told a word that you've never heard before and they've never heard before but because of all the studying of root words and languages of origin and, and patterns, they can, you know, piece that together out of thin air. It really is incredible to watch. And when it gets down to the final two, it's as intense. There's no margin for error. It's right yeah. up there with really anything on live TV. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really good. It's, it's crazy how these kids know what to ask and like, 
how to figure out how to spell these words, just like what you were saying from these, these root words from, you know, whether it be a Greek word or, you know, wh- wherever it is. I mean, it's, it's insane how they just figure it out. I'm, I'm blown away by it. So that's why it gets intense. <laughs> I think last year there was like eight winners, wasn't there? Yeah, that was something because, you know, really what happened is it's become such a sport and kids and families have invested so much in studying and now kind of scouting past bees to say, well, what's the likelihood of the words we're going to get that they kind of cracked the code of the way the competition had been run. So I was really looking forward to this year that it was probably going to have a little different twist so that, you know, the kids wouldn't be so infallible because the reason they had to have eight champions is if they didn't, they would have been there probably for 10 more hours trying to get down to one because the kids were so good. So yeah. uh, once it returns, it'll be interesting to see if there's a little different flavor or style or pattern to, to how it unfolds. And, and, you know, I've, I've met so many incredible families and kids through that. And it was really amazing being from central California just a few years ago when we had a young lady from Clovis, Ananya Benet, who became yeah. the Scripps national spelling bee champion. Uh, that was pretty awesome to see you know, a family from your area have that moment. Yeah, yeah for sure. That's cool. Well, Cody, why don't you, uh, why don't you go with the uh, first question other than what I just asked? <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul, the is... one on the list, the one on the list. <laughs> oh, wait, which list did you send me? I have never mind. Uh, so Paul is obviously as we've all been kind of enduring with, you know, COVID and quarantine and stuff like that. Uh, you know, a lot of this year was uh, really up in the air at first mountain West kind of, um, you know, canceled essentially their season and then they brought it back. So now with the season uh, coming up, not a whole lot of practice time. So what are some disadvantages that the dogs may face when the season opens? You know, it's going to be interesting to see what really hits them. Uh, They have had some disadvantages. You know, they've had less practice time than really any other program in the country from the time COVID hit until the Mountain West said, we're bringing football back this fall none of those student athletes were on campus at all, not in the weight room, uh, not working out, not out on the, you know, the turf in the stadium. And most of the other programs had that advantage at some point. But, uh, you know, you think about Fresno State's history, whether it was Jim Sweeney or Pat Hill or now Kalen DeBoer following in Jeff Tedford's footsteps, there's always been this idea that you're not going to have all the luxuries that everybody else has. You know, Mm -hmm. you're not the guy who's in the catbird seat you're that hungry junkyard dog trying to claw your way there. And, and I think this is an opportunity to really feed into that mentality and say, whether or not other teams have advantages, we're going to find the advantages that we have. And if that's just a, a desire, a hunger, because we are without this game we love for so long that now we really appreciate it, um, whatever it is, I think this is the kind of coaching staff that's going to find those things. And I think you're going to see a team that plays with a lot of passion and a lot of desire. And I think it's going to be a really successful year. I really do. It's good. Yeah. Um, now it's going to be an eight game season, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Lord willing, I... you know, it, games could be canceled. I mean, there was yeah. the first week of the season, New Mexico and Colorado state were expected yeah. to play in Fort Collins. The New Mexico governor said, uh, Lobos, you can't go. So, you know, something like that could happen any week to any one of these teams. And I think that's going to create a new flavor to the season that we've never seen before. Because, the, yeah. you know, football is always unpredictable. That's what we love about sports. You never know exactly what's going to happen. I think this year is going to put that times 10 with all the other unpredictable factors that are a part of the mix. Yeah, it's, it's crazy times. I mean, hopefully, 
hopefully it'll be, uh, uh, in a sense, a clean year for Fresno State in, uh, in the health department, you know, uh, specifically with this whole COVID thing. Um, and it's crazy, like, watching, like, you know, the 49ers, uh, you know, in the NFL. I mean, there's just guys dropping like flies and other teams, too. Like just the Niners are the first team that pop in my head. But uh, hopefully that's not going to happen to a lot of these college programs. And it, it, ha- it doesn't seem like it has been for – uh, like the SEC who's already started, but, uh, you know, hopefully it's not going to happen with the Mountain West and hopefully for the Fresno State Bulldogs, it'll, it'll be a clean year. Especially um, since last year was so affected by injuries. You know, I think mm-hmm. uh, if their offensive line had been even remotely healthy last year, that's a bowl team. So with the, what they went through last year, I think it's that much more crucial and important to have an injury-free year and have some stability. Yeah, I mean, last year they had a, they had a chance to beat uh, Minnesota. And I mean, Minnesota went on to be undefeated. You know, I think they went like nine and oh, 10 and oh, before they lost their first game. And, uh, you know, I know we, uh, Cody and I, we went to that game and it was just like, they were so close. And then, yeah. then you keep seeing Minnesota win and you're like, man, we could have been that first team to beat them. <laughs> that was frustrating. But anyway, I don't want to talk about that because it's only going to make me mad. Um, uh, so, how does this – I mean, we kind of already have heard that Fresno State has had a, already cut some of their uh, sports, which is really sad. I mean, I think uh, what was it, men's lacrosse, uh, men's tennis, and then the wrestling program, which we just got back. Um, that was kind of heartbreaking. I mean, are, are there – with this university, are there going to be more cuts with these sports because of this? Or do you think maybe there's going to be an upswing with these sports and, and everything else is going to kind of stay? Well, you know, it's just such a challenging landscape. And, and my heart goes out to those student athletes. You know, there are young men that were so elated when Fresno State brought back wrestling. And that opened up a whole new dream for a lot of wrestlers in the Valley. And you know how powerful high school wrestling is in the Valley. So that's really tough. And I know it was really hard for Dr. Castro. That was one that he felt personally and, and was a very difficult decision. Women's lacrosse was a sport that, you know, we never had in the Valley at any level until Fresno State decided to add it a while back. The program never really got traction, and now it was a program without a conference. So I think as hard as it is for the young ladies in that program, that really did make sense to drop that at this point. Um, And men's tennis, you know, that's tough. These guys just won a championship the last time they had a chance to in 2019. And that's a situation where college tennis and in the Mountain West exclusively most every scholarship athlete is someone from outside the United States who's coming to this country for opportunity. So those are, again, some dreams that have been derailed and, and changed. So I think that's the biggest story is it affects all those lives. And Fresno State is, is you know, giving them all the opportunity to stay on campus and maintain their scholarships. But when you're a competitor, you want to compete in that sport. So I would expect a lot of them to transfer if they have opportunities to compete elsewhere. And as far as, you know, long-term, the NCAA has a minimum. You have to have at least 16 sports. You have to have at least six men's sports. And right now, Fresno State is at the bare minimum on the men's side with six sports. Mm-hmm. And that includes track and cross country who don't even have scholarships right now. So you won't see another men's program cut. And it would be very difficult to you know, reduce opportunities for female student athletes given the Title IX history. So I, I think mm-hmm. it'll stay where it is for a while. And, uh, you know, maybe in the future, if finances improve, if, if people are filling stadiums, if they're allowed to again, and, you know, and people really support the school, you could see sports added in the future. And there are some that I think would be smart to add. 
But right now, I, I think it's, it's a real important and crucial time in Fresno State's history where they're going to really have to galvanize the Valley the way it's been done in the past and, and bring people yeah. from all backgrounds and, and all priorities together behind that unifying force of uh, Fresno State Athletics. And I think it's doable. It definitely is. I mean, I, we've seen a lot of uh, kids from the Central Valley. I mean, uh, Kendall Milton comes to mind, who's uh, running back for Georgia, who's been who's been their third down or third running back, and he's been running really well. I mean, imagine if Fresno State can get some keep these kids here, especially with what's going on. I mean, there's a lot of talent that's going up in in the Valley, especially in the sports. So um, I think it's very doable. Uh, and the Fresno State football more. team is is loaded with a lot of those guys. Jeff Tedford oh, yeah. really did a good job of reemphasizing the Valley and recruiting. Kalen DeBoer understands that. And you're going to see guys from all kinds of Valley high schools making plays. I mean, Jalen Cropper really burst onto the scene last year. You know, speaking of Kendall Milton, that's one of his best friends. Yeah. Um, you know, Aaron Mosby's going to be making plays in the linebacking position. I could go through the list on both sides of the ball. You have a lot of Valley talent. And I yeah. think if you can continue that, if those guys have good experiences and you look at the recruiting class that's just been signed, another big contingent of Valley kids, or at least that have committed, um, I think that really is the key. That's how Pat Hill did it. That's how Pat Hill got Fresno State in the top 10 in the country and was selling out Bulldog Stadium on a weekly basis. And, you know, I think that's the way you have to do it. You can't do what everybody else does. If you're trying to recruit nationally from Fresno, you're going to waste a whole lot of money and you're going to have people who aren't as invested in that Bulldog mentality as kids who grow up around it and dream about being Bulldogs. So I think they're really on a, a positive trajectory right now and uh, I think people are, are going to be very impressed by Kalen DeBoer the program he runs and the consistency that he lives his life with it's good it's awesome. awesome so I have a question about the um, quarterback position since it's a little inexperienced right now I know that we have the transfer from Washington who was just named quarterback um, earlier this uh, earlier in the week or in the last week so Will you see the offense be a little bit more balanced now with pass and run, or are we still going to rely heavily on um, Ronnie Rivers um, in the offensive game? Well, you definitely will see a lot of Ronnie Rivers, and for good reason. I mean, he is as polished a running back and as versatile a running back as Fresno State has ever had. I mean, the guy yeah. grew up at, with a running back mentality. His dad was the all-time leading rusher at Fresno State until Robbie Rouse broke it. His dad roomed with Barry Sanders in the NFL. So, mm -hmm. you know, Ronnie has just been – infused with that kind of knowledge and awareness beyond his years and you know I think now his body has caught up to that a little bit he's bigger he's stronger he's very underrated as a pass protector you know how strong he is as a runner he's physical for a guy his size he's very elusive and you really can employ him in the pass game as well so having a healthy Ronnie Rivers from start to finish in an eight game season I think is really important and there's some depth around him at that position too but I think as far as the balance, you know, Ryan Grubb's the offensive coordinator. He was the offensive coordinator last year. He was the O-line coach when Kalen DeBoer was the coordinator. Those two are really on the same page. They understand each other well. There's a trust factor there that Coach DeBoer hands the reins to Ryan and says, do what you need to do. But I think the philosophy we'll see is one that adapts to situations. When they need to go fast and score in a hurry, I think they'll have that capability and they have some playmakers who can really stretch the field. I think we'll probably see more vertical shots taken in 2020 than maybe we have the last two or three years. And part of that is because they have a quarterback who can get rid of it quickly, who can deliver it accurately, 
and they have some playmakers who can be really tough matchups for opposing defenses. So um, kind of along the lines of uh, with Jake Hayner, who was, who was announced the quarterback for uh, Fresno state. Um, I saw his stats at Washington. He went seven for seven with like 110 yards and that's, that's his experience. So, um, you know, this, what's kind of his game? I mean, is he more of like an improviser type of a quarterback? Is he, um, you know, uh, uh, I don't want to say field general, but kind of more of a pocket passer. Is he more an athletic runner where he wants to, you know, throw in a lot of RPOs? I mean, what is, what is Jake Hayner's game? Cause we haven't really seen. Well, and, and I think a lot of that remains to be seen because he hasn't had a chance to prove it in game action, but I think he is a versatile quarterback. I think, you know, you're going to hear, well, he's undersized. He's only six feet tall. Uh, there have been plenty of quarterbacks at Fresno State who found success that way. And, and one of them is a guy that he's known his whole life, who his dad followed at Bullard High School as the quarterback and who's been a mentor to him, and that's Kevin Sweeney. And the other guy who's influenced him heavily is Trent Dilfer, you know, through the Elite 11 program. So and that's a big reason why Jake is at Fresno State, the influence of those two Bulldog legends. So he understands the tradition of Bulldog football. He understands how much it means to the community. And as far as a physical skill set, you know, he's got an incredibly quick release and the ball comes off his hands, uh, you know, so smoothly. You see that ball leave his right hand and it's spinning so tightly and it's hitting a receiver right where it needs to hit him. But I, I think that quick release is going to be a big, big factor. The offensive line looks to be pretty solid and I think they can protect them. But you think about the difference, you know, if a receiver gets it half a second sooner or a second sooner compared to a quarterback who takes longer to recognize who's open and longer to actually deliver the football, I mean, that can be the difference in, in 20, 30 points in a game. And I think Jake Hayner has the potential to do that. You think about what you saw from quarterbacks here in the past. You know, when David Carr was running the show in 2001 with that slew of receivers, how dangerous Fresno State was offensively. Yeah. And when Derek Carr was pushing that up tempo his senior year with, you know, three 1,000-yard receivers, <laughs> how incredibly fast they could score. I, I think Jake Hayner has everything to be that kind of quarterback I don't know if you'll get to see it in an eight-game season, but I do think uh, people will be very pleased with the results from him. And I think the question mark is the mental side of the game because he hasn't had the live bullets and as many reps in live college football. So when the blitz comes, when something surprises him, how's he going to handle it? Will he take care of the football? If they are more aggressive going down the field, can you do that and still minimize turnovers? Uh, so those are some of the question marks that I think will be answered. But the question of does he have what it takes physically to be a top-notch college quarterback, without question, 100% he does. Awesome. Um, you did actually mention Jalen Cropper earlier. Um, I've I've watched him since uh, he was at Singer High School because actually my wife's family is from there. Mm -hmm. um, and so we went to a lot of his games and <laughs> – I was telling Cody last week uh, that, I mean, he was the fastest kid there every time. I mean, every single time. He, and I was like, why aren't they not just, like, giving him – why is he not the quarterback? Just give it to him and let him go. Like, this is ridiculous. Um, but then, you know, he went to Buchanan, and, yeah, that's where he met uh, Kendall Milton. Uh, and then they played uh, football together. Um, but he really showed Bulldog fans, like, how – how many different like unique plays that you can add with him because he changes 
a lot. Like when he's on the field, you have to know where he's at at all times. I felt like we didn't use him a lot. He did kind of show up in a couple of games, but I felt like in other games he wasn't utilized as much. So do you see that changing with uh, the under the new head coach, Kalen DeBoer, um, or with the new quarterback, Jake Hayner? Well, I think what, you know, last year he was a true freshman. And, you know, when you have a coach as experienced as Jeff Tedford, you don't want to put too much on a true freshman too soon, especially when you know how talented he was. So I think if you look at that season week to week, you saw a little more put on Cropper's shoulder every week. And it's pretty remarkable the things that he was trusted with eventually. I mean, he threw a touchdown pass last year. How many true freshman receivers (laughs) have the coach's confidence to actually throw a touchdown in the red zone to attempt it? Not many. And he earned that trust by being so responsible and, and nailing down his playbook. And, and there's no limit to what that young man could do. He actually, you know, he has played a little quarterback in his past. Uh, he has a good arm. He has good game skills. He's always been fast. And he's a little bigger this year. And even last year, you saw how thin he looked. But mm-hmm. as you said, Drew, he's from Sanger. You know, it may say Parlier's his hometown, but he grew up in that Sanger-Banger football program with the Apaches, where if you're not tough, you don't get on the field. Mm-hmm. So he is really, really Valley tough. And, you know, honestly, I think he could be a college football sensation. If he stays healthy, he is the guy you have to account for on every single play. And they have enough other talented weapons around them that you can't just zero in on Cropper and only worry about him. So yeah. there's no doubt. I mean, I would put the over under on him for top 10, you know, sports center, top 10 highlights this year. I would put that at, uh, well, they're playing eight games. I'd say four. <laughs> He's going to have at least four top tens <laughs> for right. sophomore season. That's awesome. Wow. That's – man. But so wait. you're saying that I was right uh, in my assumption that they should have just put him at quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I don't – you know, he his season was cut short to injury last year. It probably would have been cut shorter if he were playing quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't know if that would have been the best idea. But I'm just enthused that he's bounced back from the injury. He's 100%. He's bigger. He's yeah. stronger. He's scarier than ever. And I, I guarantee yeah. you, Todd Graham and Hawaii's coaching staff is losing sleep over having to deal with him. Well, speaking of true freshmen, so what you were just saying earlier about the recruiting class that we just had, the one that we had last season, and obviously mentioning Cropper as a true freshman last season, is there any true freshmen on either side of the ball or both sides that you see making a big impact for Fresno State in this, up, in this upcoming season? You know, I think there are several who are going to be in the rotation and have a chance to make plays. I, I think who does that first probably depends situationally on on maybe where injuries occur or how lopsided some games get, but just eyeball test wise, there are uh, some of them that you look at and you say, Oh, is that guy really a freshman? Mm -hmm. Um, And and one of them is a guy who I think is going to end up if he stays healthy as an outstanding offensive lineman here. It's most safe about it's a freshman from uh, St. Francis high up in the Bay area. And, you know, he's about 340 pounds and rock solid right now. And you're saying, you know, you don't usually think about a true freshman getting minutes on an offensive line, but that could happen this year. And, you know, I would expect him, you know, at the the latest by next year to be a starter and be a guy that when opposing teams turn on the tape of offensive line play, they're saying, yeah, that's a guy that you really have to deal with. Another guy who I think we'll see on the fields right out of the get-go is Tyler Mello. He's a, a linebacker from Hanford High School, another Valley Tough kid. His uncle, Duncan Reed, was a great tight end for Pat Hill during his Fresno State days. So 
Uh, Tyler absolutely understands the Bulldog mentality and the culture and tradition of the program. And he's really hit the ground running and turned a lot of heads where you have a true freshman who, you know, is listed on the two deep already. That's pretty impressive. Oh, awesome. All right. Well, I, I did want to kind of go off from the serious, you know, football talk um, because I wanted to go, well, I want, I want to say, I just wanted to tell you this story, but um, also I want to ask you other questions uh, about former Fresno state Bulldogs. But uh, when I was 11, yes, when I was 11, uh, my family, it was uh, me, my dad, and then uh, my cousins, we had uh, uh, season tickets to Fresno state when that was in 2001 with David Carr Bernard Berrien, who was my all-time favorite receiver, Fresno State receiver growing up. I love Berrien. Uh, I, I used to watch Bears games just to watch Berrien because I loved him. Uh, then when he went to the Vikings with Favre and all that, I, you know, I followed that intently. Um, but, you know, with Rodney Wright and uh, his son is on uh, Fresno State, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, Rodney Wright Jr. Yeah, so – uh, I've been watching those guys forever, uh, but obviously David Carr was, you, you know, he was the top dog. But I remember the game against uh, Oregon State where we had them come to Fresno. We beat them. We were, the un- we were definitely underdogs in that. And they were ranked, I believe, fifth in the country. Well, Sports Illustrated had them number one in their number preseason one. college football preview. Yeah, that was, that was their first game. And so I remember going to that game. And so I remember everyone storming the field. So me and my cousin, who were only like 11 years old, we're going down on the field. And uh, our parents had no idea we went, first of all. But the whole reason I went on the field was because it used to be where we, after the game, you could go up to some of the players and get their autograph. So I really wanted to get a David Carr uh, autograph. I wanted to get I I had... All year long, I tried to get a Bernard Berrien uh, autograph, and I never was able to get it. Uh, I was looking for Rodney Wright, looking for all these guys. And um, I remember storming the field, and we kind of got pushed into where the goalpost was. And so everyone is pushing this down. And so me and my cousin were kind of like, oh, should we do it? Should we do it? And we were like, well, everyone else is doing it. Like, and no one's stopping them. So we went and we started pushing the field goal post. So we always get to say we, we were part of, uh, you know, pushing down that field goal post. Lo and behold, we're also part of the problem of now we're not able to go on the field anymore. <laughs> so I didn't know that was going to happen. Um, but uh, I, I believe that's an unsolved crime. And I think the statute of limitations is 20 <laughs> years. So, two, so yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said for that. Another year. <laughs> Dang it. Oh man. I knew I should have waited to tell you that story. Um, but I remember I did get an autograph. I got uh, Jeff McGill. He was a safety. I believe he was number five. I don't remember if you, Bryce if you remember him. Bryce, Bryce McGill. McGill. Sorry. Yeah. From yes. Bakersfield. Oh yeah. Bryce McGill. Yes. Uh, he was an important part of that team. Uh, I think they show, I think they show the highlight of him a lot, of him blowing up a, a punt returner. Uh, God, I don't remember what who it was oh, now, against. Well, now I think you're talking about Kendall Edwards. So that that Oregon State game, it was number 39, Kendall Edwards, who who got that punt returner and almost looked like he decapitated him. 
And then, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm. I'm. Uh, yeah, you're right. Okay, but I, I remember I got McGill's autograph and 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 Bryce hit guys that hard too. I mean, he asked Kyle Bowler the year before when Cal came into Bulldog <laughs> Stadium. I think Bryce got him a few times in a way that he's still feeling. And the, you know, weren't those fun years? Those teams were so yeah. physical. They were so exciting. And you know, you're 11 years old. You have a memory like that, and so you know that it can be that way. So. Yeah. You know, if if it was like that in 2001, it could be like that in 2021. You could put 40,000 people in that stadium. You could have a big time college football atmosphere. And I think, you know, the good news is the kind of talent is there to pull off wins like that. Oh, man, that was yeah, that was the best time because we had season tickets. So we went to all those home games and like seeing the the progression of David Carr. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. Um you know, Bernard Berrien, I mean, he was just, I mean, to me, I think Bernard Berrien, I, I always watch receivers because in high school, uh, well, when I grew up, I grew up watching a lot of Jerry Rice because my dad was a, was a 49er fan. Um, and so I watched a lot of Jerry Rice. So I always went to the receivers first. I wanted to see what the receivers did. And the first receiver that I ever remember watching on Fresno State was Bernard Berrien. So he was always my favorite, but Rodney Wright in his own right was phenomenal. I mean, he was like the Julian Edelman before Julian Edelman. I remember he was just, <laughs> I, he always had like 10 catches every game. It was ridiculous. Um, and uh, they had a, they had some good tight ends too, but um, I, I just remember that it was really fun. Uh, it was really cool. I always wanted to meet those guys, but you know, obviously everyone else did too. It wasn't just me. So <laughs> so I never really got a chance, but, uh, I, I mean, are there any like fun stories, uh, that you have of, you know, obviously the popular Fresno state players, whether it be, you know, Paul George, Derek Carr, Aaron judge, uh, obviously I mentioned David Carr, Devonte Adams. I mean, I can go on and I'm not going to anymore, but I mean, you get it. Are there any fun stories you have of those of former players? Boy, I mean, there's so many memories that come to mind. And, and what I think of with those guys is uh, the kind of people they are. I mean, and some of that's reflected in the way they played. Um, one of the things I hear a lot from friends around the country, it still cracks me up because at least a few times a year with both Paul George and Aaron Judge, it's he played at Fresno State. It's like somehow guys haven't figured that out. And that happens in town. There are people mm-hmm. in the Valley yeah. who, who missed him. I mean, the, the St. Martin Center wasn't that full when Paul was playing there. And he was never even a first-team all-conference performer here. But yeah. he had that drive and he had a vision. And it's been so fun to watch him achieve it and overcome adversity. And Aaron Judge, I mean, I, I can't say enough about that young man. What a tremendous family. What a great young guy. You know, he had a fundraiser here last year, last fall, about a year ago, and I had the privilege of emceeing that and and just seeing who he is now because I knew him as a player, and he hasn't changed. You know, his priorities are the same. He's as genuine as anyone you'll ever find. Uh, he understands what a privilege he has to be who he is and what a responsibility he has that people are watching. And, there, you know, I have two daughters, and it's not too often that I make a point of taking them to meet somebody Um, I don't want them to be caught up in the celebrity culture or, you know, worshiping people because they hear about him on TV or anything like that. But when Aaron was here, I made sure to take them to meet him. And I told him why. And he had a good talk with him. But it's it's a guy who, despite the notoriety and the incredible fortune he's going to be offered here very soon (laughs) and all that, 
it hasn't changed his priorities, how he lives his life and what he cares about. And he genuinely puts others first. And so when I think of those guys, all three of them, really, Paul, you know, Derek and Aaron, and, and, you know, it goes the same for other guys who've made it big like Devonte and what Jordan Luplo is doing in the major leagues. Now yeah. they really understand that it's not something to take for granted that they've been given a gift. They've been given an opportunity. And if they ever let up their drive, their work ethic, uh, their desire, that's going to leave them. And uh, all those guys are just incredible to watch. I mean, they made plays, uh, Aaron Judge, you know, hitting two home runs off Mark Capel of Stanford when the Cardinal <laughs> was in here. And, and one of those home runs hasn't landed yet. Uh, Paul George, um, you know, if Paul hadn't been injured his sophomore year, I think he would have – a lot more people would have known who he was here. He was really on his way at that point. But he had a few dunks. Everyone talks about the one he had at St. Mary's that was kind of like his – arrival in college basketball his freshman year but he had one at northern arizona and at montana and at cal poly that i remember really impressively as well and, and for me it's always that thing where if they do something you didn't think they could do and when you already know a guy is that good you know he can do some pretty special things but when he does something that really raises your eyebrows you're like holy moly how did that just happen that's a thrill that uh, that you never get tired of. You still get goosebumps. Tyler Johnson was kind of the same way. His freshman year, he had a put-back dunk against Utah State. I still can't believe it. I mean, he, he caught the ball like completely behind him in midair on an offensive rebound and windmilled it over his head and down. And he was like a 150-pound skinny freshman. You're like, what in the world? And now you see <laughs> what he's done in the NBA, and you can understand yeah. um, what it takes to get there. But all those guys, Tyler, too, another example of someone who, not just a great athlete who worked really hard, but someone who wants to give back and who understands uh, the mantle that he's been given. So I think that common bond really runs through a lot of people who come through Fresno State. I think that Valley mentality of, of you know, earning things, of putting in the work, of not feeling like anybody owes you anything, I see that carrying forward with each one of those young men. That's cool. That's the, but I will are... say, you know, what, you asked for stories, and I don't want to let you down on that. Oh no! When I... you when you're talking about Oregon State in 2001, you know, I can't think of that season without thinking of the little guy at the end of that year. When after David Carr had his senior day, we brought him into our TV studio, and, and he brought his little brother along. And so there's Derek with a voice like this talking about why <laughs> David deserved the Heisman. And Derek probably wishes that video still weren't online somewhere, but it is, and and it's funny how often that yeah. comes up and people remind you of that good, good memories, great family. Yeah, that was, I, I think I actually, cause I'm about the same age as Derek is. I think I'm, I'm a year older and I think there was a time where he came, uh, where he was at a game with, uh, obviously, uh, watching David. And I think we like, I think he walked by us. And at the time as a kid, you're just like, who's this, you know, who's this little kid? Like, get out of here, man. Like, I don't know. I it just, <laughs> you know, you just kind of bypass it, you know, whatever. And, and now I'm, I'm one of those guys who's like, man, I wish, you know, I wish I would have met, you know, Derek Carr, or, you know, he, he came, I remember he like, I don't know if it was his rookie year or his second year uh, with the Raiders, but he came back to Fresno and he got a haircut and he was like, 
a block from me and I was in, and then I actually was in the same shopping center. I was like, dang it. Why didn't I just check my phone real quick? And I would have went in there and saw him and it was just, uh, you know, it's, it's funny how things change when you get, you know, you're like, Oh, I should have just, I should have met him then. Maybe we would have been friends. <laughs> you might've played catch with him at Bulldog. Exactly. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I would say don't give up because uh, with his heart for the Valley, and the fact that, you know, his wife is from here too. Heather yeah. went to Fresno Christian and, and, you know, her family is still connected here as is Derek's. So he's got such a heart for the young people, of the Valley. He's going to be back here a lot, whether it's children's hospital or working with the ECU or, or just finding other causes that he cares about. So uh, whether it's a haircut or something else, you may just rub elbows with him soon. Yeah. Very cool. Well, to kind of round out the Fresno state question real quick, I'll, I'll, say the last one real quick. Do you, uh, do you foresee any defensive or offensive player that, uh, that is somebody that we should be keeping an eye on and that college football should watch out for uh, when they tune into Fresno State? You know, defense, I think, is going to be the difference maker on this team. There's no doubt in my mind offense is going to score points. I mean, Hayner has all the tools. Rivers is, you know, like I said, as polished a back as you could have. The receivers are deep offensive line looks solid i'm not worried about the offense um they did lose an outstanding punter in blake cusick so is Cade fuller ready to follow in those footsteps we'll see but defense i think is the biggest question mark right now partly because they changed schemes you know they're going to a 4-2-5 they had the preseason defensive player of the year in the conference justin rice but he transferred to arkansas state when it looked like the bulldogs wouldn't have a chance to play but when the players voted for their team captains they picked a guy who played as a true freshman last year. So now he's, he's only in his second year of college football, and they voted him a captain. And that's Evan Williams, the safety, who, mm-hmm. interestingly enough, had his best year as a freshman against the team the Bulldogs open up against Hawaii. But for his teammates to vote a guy that young and that in college football inexperienced as a team captain tells you that he's showing leadership abilities beyond just his physical play. And uh, so I think that's going to be fun to watch this year. I think there are a lot of guys that are going to introduce themselves and, and there's some talent on that field, but Evan Williams, I think is going to be the next guy we talk about. Like people talked about Philip Thomas or Deron Smith or some of the other great secondary guys since the turn of the century. Very cool. All right. Well, man, a bunch of insight, Paul. I, I appreciate it so much, man. Um, are you going to get any of these, uh, any of these guys to, to play basketball with us? <laughs> We'll see. Yeah, who's the best Bulldog football player who's played basketball with us? I'd have to give that some thought. Tristan Opalaugo, he's got some basketball game. I think one. I think one time. Uh, I think one time you said Lorenzo Neal was gonna was gonna come, but I don't think he ended up showing up. <laughs> Actually, well, now that you mentioned that, that makes me think of Lamore. So it was one of Lowe's uh, Lamore high buddies who said he was gonna come and he didn't. But uh, we're probably better off for that because. Yeah, you know, he would that would have been those. a physical matchup. But Charlie Jones, Charlie Jones used to play in that game a lot. One of the all-time great receivers at Fresno State who's got some mm. serious basketball game. So, yeah, and that's, you know, it's fun talking to some of the football players about their basketball moves. There's some guys who really take pride in their game. And, and oh, yeah. Devontae Adams is pretty well known for being able to throw down the, uh, the East Bay funk dunk you know, the old J.R. Ryder special, <laughs> Isaiah Ryder. Um, so maybe we'll get to see Devontae come back to town and show that off sometimes if the Packers let him. Yeah, seriously. I know I, I – God, they had so many good receivers. And that – just that Devontae Adams – Devontae Adams was so good. 
But like, I remember Isaiah Burse was just, I mean, every time we needed a screen pass, it was Isaiah Burse. Uh, I believe uh, Josh Harper was also in that group. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, man, we had some, we had some good receivers. Isaiah Burse was on the Chargers. Was it Chargers or Broncos? I think both it was the Chargers. Broncos. Oh, both. Yeah. He was with both. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and another outstanding Valley athlete who stayed home, you know, and, and that just backs that up again. And that's what, yeah encourages me the most is you see how many kids from the central Valley are on this roster right now, how many of them transferred back from other D one schools. Once Jeff Tedford really created that shift in focus and priority and Kalen DeBoer gets that, he's going to continue that. Uh, the new coaching staff, some of the new assistants they brought in are, are really good recruiters and they're in the conversation for just about anybody talented in the Valley who's going to have division one options. Fresno State is becoming a destination again for those kind of kids, and that's what could really propel this program. So even though this is going to be a short season with eight regular season games, I think it's going to be an important season. And uh, I think people are going to get a taste of what the Kalen DeBoer era of Bulldog football could be. Yeah, uh, You know what, Paul? I, I do want to commend you on you know, bringing up that Fresno State staying within the Central Valley of recruiting – it actually means it, it's actually better if we do, because like you said, it's going to bring more people uh, to want to come watch if they allow it. Um, but also it, it gives you that Fresno state mentality, that, that mindset of, you know, what it means to be bulldog born bulldog bred. I mean, that's always the, I always put that as the hashtag cause I love that thing. Um, but it, that is huge. I mean, it, it really does mean a lot. And it's funny because a lot of people would think, Oh, Central Valley, it's, it's not a lot of talent or whatever. Maybe we need to go to like LA and get these guys. Well, USC right now is having that trouble of trying to recruit within. They keep trying to recruit out of LA. They're trying to recruit guys from Alabama. They're trying to recruit guys from Oregon or, or you know, wherever it is. And it's funny because everyone's saying, well, just recruit within. There's so much talent there. Well, it's the same as it's the same for Fresno State. If we recruit within, you're going to get other guys who are going to want to come who maybe not from the Central Valley, but see what Fresno State is going to do. I mean, that's that's I mean, Paul George wasn't from necessarily the Valley. He was from Palo Alto. Um, I'm sorry, not Palo Alto. Palmdale. Um, yep. Palmdale. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he L.A. area. He wasn't from Central Valley, but he he came to Fresno State, you know, Um uh, you know, Derek and David, they're both from Bakersfield. Um, I mean, you could, I, I don't usually consider Bakersfield Central Valley, but I mean, it's closer LA area, I guess. But anyway. Well, they're on this side of the grapevine. And, and so, you yeah. know, and they're only an hour, half away and they play in the same high school section. So, you know, when Pat Hill took the job, he said, it's, it's Bakersfield to Sacramento. He said, I'm painting the Valley red. And if you can stay inside that corridor and get some guys from the Bay area and LA and San Diego still. Yeah bring those guys in. But when you have people in the Valley growing up saying, that's the program where I want to play, all of a sudden you've got a heart connection there mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe they pick you over a Cal every once in a while or a UCLA. And here's the other part of that equation, Drew and Cody, that I think gets left out. It's the guys who may not be at, as a senior in high school ready to play. But a year or two later, they are going to be. And if you have a program that can develop them into that guy, 
you know, how many people does that apply to? There's a future Pro Football Hall of Famer that applies to in Logan Mankins. You know, the guy mm-hmm. that probably was the, the most fun to watch on last year's team, Josh Hokett. He was a walk-on. You know, there are two quarterbacks in the NFL getting paid a lot of money right now, Josh Allen and Jordan Love, who both wanted to come to Fresno State, but the same mentality wasn't in place at the time, and they had to go elsewhere to prove how mm-hmm. good they were. Mm-hmm. But if you have an avenue for people like that to come and develop those skills and get to that level here at Fresno State, um, there's some real magic here. It, it's, it's a unique place in California. The baseball coach, Mike Bates, will always calls Fresno the last college town in California. And I think there's some truth to that. It does have its, its own you know, unique Valley mentality that's different from the Bay Area or Southern California. And some people see that as a detriment on the Valley. But I think the successful coaches, the ones who have come to Fresno State and really done great things, they've seen that as an advantage. And I yeah. think that's how Kalen DeBoer views it. And, and that's one of the reasons I think he's going to have a lot of success. Good. Well, it's always good to hear, man. <laughs> Cody, did you have anything else that you wanted to, to ask? Um, actually, I do have one more thing to ask. Uh, Paul, you actually have a weekly radio show that's uh, obviously that was – Centurated here from the Valley. So I'm wondering if you would give a few minutes to explain that radio show, what it does, the heart of it, if you wouldn't mind and telling the audience, because I was reading a little bit of it the last few days, and I really think it's a pretty awesome message. And if you wouldn't mind just kind of speaking about it, that I think it would be really cool to let the folks know what it's about. Sure. Yeah. Thank you, Cody. Uh, the show's called Hometown Heroes. If, if you're looking for it online, it's hometownheroesradio.com. And it, it airs on a number of different radio stations, most on the West Coast. Um, but about 15 years ago, when I was doing television, I started interviewing World War II veterans, mostly because my grandfather was in the war and I wanted to capture his story. And I thought, you know, all these guys, they haven't talked about this. And these are incredible stories. And his was incredible. You know, he got a silver star for pulling 26 guys out of burning tanks. And there's something that he said to me when I asked him about that. I said, hey, you know, everybody else was getting out of there and you kept going back in. What were you thinking? And he said, what was I thinking? I thought I was going to get killed. And I said, well, I'm glad you didn't. And he said, yeah, you wouldn't be around. (laughs) And, you know, I did that too. I chuckled and then it kind of sank in. Hey, that's true. I would have never been born. My grandpa didn't make it out of that. And so many of us are really in that position and we might not even realize it because our dads, our grandpas, our you know, whoever haven't talked about it, haven't told us what they've gone through. So for the last 15 years, I've had the privilege every week of interviewing World War II guys. And when I travel with the Bulldogs, I meet veterans in those places and I interview them. And, and then I put those stories on the radio. So I've met so many incredible people. It's uh, changed my perspective on the value of freedom, of uh, the things that we could take for granted that we really shouldn't. And what so many men and women have been through and have done on our behalf and uh, it's really been one of the greatest privileges of my life to spend that time with them to understand who they are the way they lived um, and how that should really shape the way we live today and uh, to see the community respond through the honor flight program has probably been the best part of all that so we were able to get that launched here in fresno in 2013 where we take veterans to washington dc to see their memorials free of charge And uh, that's something that it's all volunteers, it's all donations, and it has been absolutely incredible to see young people, old people, uh, people from the right and the left politically, from any religious background, from all the things that we hear are supposed to divide us. When it comes to honoring our veterans, those things are pushed aside and people say, we can all agree, these men and women deserve our gratitude. And uh, 
So that has been really impactful for me too. It reminds me that you can have dreams, you can hope, you can bring people together and you can get things done here in the Valley when you find a cause strong enough to bring people together that way. And that's, I think, just another gift from our veterans who have given so much. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that, Paul. I, I appreciate it. And that's a great story to hear. Is there a, a website that they can go and uh, donate to the cause, like what you were just mentioning to help these veterans go to Washington free of charge? Uh, yeah, yeah, the website. Oh, yeah. Sorry, you're breaking up there just a bit. Um, yeah, the website is uh, CV, like Central Valley, cvhonorflight.org. So on that website, you can sign up a veteran who hasn't gone, and it's open now for World War II veterans, Korean War veterans, and Vietnam veterans. We have to wait for permission to fly again with COVID era till it's safe to do so. But as soon as it is, we'll be taking veterans again. So you sign them to go. You can sign up to be a guardian to go with them and stay within arm's length and do everything they do and, and help them have a greater experience. And then, yeah, since it's all donations, uh, every dollar helps. And you can donate right online there, too, at cvhonorflight.org. I hope I said that right. cvhonorflight.org, not .com, .org. And uh, the other cool thing on the website, just since you asked, is pictures. So we've done 20 flights, had uh, 1,333 veterans who've had this experience because people in the Valley are so generous. Wow. And the pictures from every one of those 20 flights are online. So you can scroll through and, and see the people you know who've already gone and, and see what that experience is like. Awesome. That's awesome. Man, that's, uh, that's really cool. Um, yeah, I know I've seen, I've seen videos. Um, I think maybe that you have posted or, uh, other people that I've posted, but I've seen videos of, of them, uh, you know, getting, coming home or whether it be getting there. And it's just, it's incredible with all the people that show up each and every time. It's not like, you know, it's, it's not like once a week, but I mean, it is quite often that they, that they do this and it's, it's so cool every time to see how many people are so excited for them to be able to uh, have this opportunity to, to go and, and do that. It's, it's really cool. So um, I get goosebumps every time it never gets old. And, you know, you were talking about Fresno state, I should say Fresno state's been very supportive of this effort too. And they've been great with welcoming so many of our veterans at football and basketball and baseball games. And I can't remember the last time there was a basketball game where the biggest cheer wasn't, for the hero of the game, oh. a veteran getting honored there. So that, that says something about our community, uh, that people get it. And the more we talk about it, I think that more that hammers that home and reminds us that there are good things to celebrate in our community, that there are people that we can look to as examples, and uh, that maybe we can follow that example in the way we serve our community and our country. Yeah, that's so, awesome, man. Well, Paul, thank you so much for joining us. I, I appreciate it. I know you're a busy guy, obviously, with everything that you <laughs> that you are doing. Um, and obviously, with the uh, football season coming up this Saturday, uh, you know, Fresno State's going to be playing Hawaii, as you had mentioned. So it's going to be exciting. We're definitely going to be watching, and I'll, I'll be listening to you. So um, I, I appreciate you so much being able, taking the time. I know you probably want to go to bed or, you know, hang out with your family for a little bit, but I appreciate you taking time to do this. So thank you. What I want to do is get back on the basketball court and just flail <laughs> my arms around while you make another fadeaway baseline jumper on me. That's what I want to do. <laughs> I think I've done that once. I don't, I don't think I've done that more than once. And uh, I don't, I enjoy that. Uh, I'm not getting swatted by you. Cause I think I get swatted by you at least once a game. 
I try and go inside and you, you block it. So I've got no hops, but I've got long arms. That's the only yeah. way I ever block a shot. Yeah. Now we just need to get Cody out there with us and we'll be good. Yeah, I need He's to have, got bad knees. Yeah, I need to have a, a knee procedure first before I can step on the court <laughs> or else I'll lose this knee and then I'll be worthless. So, But yeah, Cody, hopefully one day. Cody, right. you have played with us once. I did, yeah. And you were dying afterwards. You're like, I'm not, I'm not going to come back. I couldn't even get out of the car, I don't think. Yeah. I, I, think I, had to, I think I had to ask my wife to help me out. But yeah, it was, it was rough, but it was a lot of fun, though. A lot of, <laughs> lot of uh, I think, uh, who was, uh, there was uh, a guy and his son there, and his son was just tearing it up. And I forgot what his name was, but. Oh, uh, Steven. Yeah. yeah um, uh, uh, Gerald, Gerald's son. Stephen Perry, and, and we're going to yeah. hear big things from him. His college oh, career yeah. is, uh, is just getting started and looking forward to, to seeing where he gets to show off his skills soon. Yeah. Oh, man, he is – yeah, he was – I hate when he plays with us because he, <laughs> <laughs> he just does whatever he wants, and it's like, whatever, man, just go away. <laughs> it makes you so mad. It's the joy of getting old, Drew. The joy yeah. of getting old. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that is it for us, Cody. Any final, you know, any final things that you wanted to say? No, Paul. I'm humbled that you were able to do this with us, man. Um, thank you so much, and uh, can't wait to hopefully we get to do this again. And yes, I, I do hope that I can get on the court with you guys, and and you know, hopefully not make too much of a fool of myself. But again, thank you for lending us your time and and all the uh, all the words of wisdom and everything that you said about Fresno State. We're looking forward to this season, and we we appreciate you. Well, much appreciated, guys. Pleasure to be with you, and uh, look forward to that day that everybody could be back in Bulldog Stadium cheering them on. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys. Thank you.